Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show, episode 114. Today, we'll be talking about uh, part two of how to get noticed, how to make, set yourself apart in the personal training space. Um, but before we jump into that, a, a couple very short announcements. One, um, our UPP League Affiliate Network is up, or League Network Affiliate Program, I should say, is up. Uh, we've gotten a great response to that. Um, our first round of advertising for that has gone through. You know, I always like to kind of keep you guys up to date on what's going on and uh, keep you all in the loop, and that's been going really well. We've been very excited about that, and that's something that... I'll be honest, you know, we're, we were nervous putting it out there because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, but we've been very, very pleased with the results. So uh, more to come on that and, you know, just more developing. And uh, we're, we're going to kind of keep you guys abreast of who joins the network and, um, you know, give shout outs to the affiliates. And so that's that's going to be really exciting uh, as the network continues to grow. Uh, okay, so announcement number two, you notice our YouTube has been absent for the last probably six weeks, um, and there's a couple reasons for that. Um, it will be coming back here this week. We uh, have some fun stuff, some good announcements. I took a ton of footage uh, in May, just in all, all of May, and there were a couple episodes released in May. I think mid-May was the last one. Well, we had so much footage as I was trying to go through and pare it out into separate episodes. Uh, in that, during that process, I got a new camera. You know, we're always trying to upgrade things for y'all and make sure we bring you the best content, best looking content, that sounding content, that good stuff, uh, because that is something that is uh, important. And I'm going to talk more about that a little later, a little segue there, right? Um, but as far as the camera goes, we got a new camera for our YouTube, and so we start playing around that, learning how to shoot that, edit with that, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so now I've got old footage that is still really good content, but now I've got such better quality. I've been trying to figure out how to put it all together, and I think I've got a couple ideas. So, so we're going to get some videos cranked out again there. Um, a lot of good content, um, a lot of good training footage. Um, that being said, we're going to jump right into today's program, uh, today's topic, which again is getting noticed in that personal training space. So we've talked a lot about, a lot, a lot, a lot over the last, um, oh gosh, however many podcasts, trying to get a system, trying to get a workable roadmap to get you to becoming a personal trainer. So we've talked, uh, our previous three-part series was um, you know, how to become a personal trainer, starting with zero money, literally zero dollars, and no certifications to where you want to go. Now we're talking about how to get noticed. So you're working somewhere now. How do you get yourself noticed? And some of these we've said before, you're gonna hear it again, but we're gonna kind of start with some basic stuff and then move to a bigger, uh, you know, more, more complicated ways of getting yourself out there. So first things first, we can't stress enough, promoting yourself is the best way and that's hard because sometimes it sounds like you're bragging and maybe you're just starting out and you don't see yourself as an expert. But you have to remember, you are an expert. You do have training in this. You have training that other people don't have. Therefore, 
You may not be a master of this, you may not know everything there is to know, but you do know more than the general public, and you definitely probably know more than the people that you're um, you know, uh, catering your ads to or your, your um, information to. So for example, and I, this is one thing that you've heard me say a million times, but it has just worked so so well for me, uh, is, is flyers. A very, very, very basic uh, way, very cheap way to get your information out there. And one of the things that I've done uh, with the flyers is, again, you have an opportunity to, you know, say, uh, host an event. So I've mentioned before, when I was at Next Level Sports Performance, my big thing was the weightlifting. Uh, that was going to be what kind of set me apart. I looked at one of the what all of the other trainers were doing when I was brand new, and they were all great trainers. Uh, this place in, in Lawrence was top-notch, if not the best uh, training studio in Lawrence. I still think it is. Um, and so, in order to fit in and, and be recognized as a top-tier trainer myself, I had to set myself apart. Now, I could have said, well, I'm older than all of these people. Uh, I have been a collegiate strength coach. I've done a lot. I had done a lot even before starting work there. But the thing was, you know, a lot of people don't understand the credentials. They don't understand um, what it all means and why all that's important. So the the fallback then becomes uh, basically the fallback becomes what can you do and what do they see you doing. So the, the flyer was an opportunity for me to do some um, events. I chose weightlifting because that's what I know best. Um, and I put up the flyers. And so people now see me as an expert in weightlifting. So they would come to my seminars. And, and that gave me a chance to talk. And so they could see me in action. They could see how I train. They could see what kind of cues I gave. They could see how encouraging I could be. Or maybe I wasn't. Maybe maybe they came to my seminars and they're like, you know, he may know a lot or he may know his stuff, but he's not the right personality for me. I need a drill sergeant because I'm not a drill sergeant. So, um, you know, that that that's a way for you to get in front of people. But beyond that, it also just sets you up as an expert, puts your name and face out there. People see your name and your face all the time. And so one of the things that we see, one of the things that we know is that if you or if a client potential client uh gets i think it's somewhere around like seven you know interfaces with you seven touches uh as they say uh that's when they'll start to buy in other words they won't they won't really plunk down money until they've kind of seen you around seen your face seen what you've done that's why when I talked about in the last podcast going out you know, into the community, going about a half mile radius from your work and then a mile and then coming back to that first group of people you went to and continuing to do that, that's because they, the more they see you, the more they connect with you, the more they're likely to either use your services themselves or refer you or refer someone to you. So again, them seeing my face with, uh, with these seminars is huge. Now. I recommend doing several. Don't just do the same one over and over and over again. People will ignore it. Oh, he's doing this one. Oh, he's doing that one. You know, so like I could have done a weightlifting seminar, but I, I decided to do a clean and jerk seminar and then a snatch seminar. So it was basically um, 
you know, still weightlifting, but I was able to split it up into two different things. Made the flyer look slightly different um, just to catch the eye. But again, it's just a way, you know, I spread them out about a month uh, apart from each other. So it gives you an opportunity to market and remarket yourself uh, even within the same space. So that's the easiest way to get out there. Now, the next way, and this is something that you may already be doing or your gym may already do, if they are not doing this next thing, you need to go to your boss or your manager and tell them that this is a good idea. Um, this is get a trainer board up. Um, not just, uh, I, I wouldn't say not just a pamphlet at the front desk, um, but but more, more a little bio on each trainer and have that posted somewhere, like on a bulletin board or a whole uh, uh, big display. The YMCA was very good about this. This was something they did before I was there. This was not my um, uh, idea, but it was already there. Um, we did spend a little bit more money on it and upgraded all of the um, all of the gyms while I was there with, with bigger, better displays, better looking displays. Anyways, it was great because what it did was it gave us a chance to, to list each trainer's individual um, personality traits. You know, like, hey, I'm a... You know, I love doing this. I love doing this. This is what I'm all about, and this is how I train. Or, you know, it could you could say, okay, Pete's the weightlifting guy, and Chelsea's the running girl, Leslie's the uh, bodybuilder, and and um, uh, Erica's the pre and postnatal trainer. Now, all of us have the same or relatively the same credentials, so they know that for general fitness, all of us, any of us, would be good. But if they're looking for a specific thing, they might see that. Or what it does, most importantly, is there might be someone out there looking for a specific kind of training. They just don't know if any of the trainers working at that gym or at your gym can do that. So if you have a board that says, this is what our trainers can do, and here's how they're different, Here, you know, here's what they have in common, it gives them an easy way to look at that and then approach you. Because sometimes, as we know, a lot of clients can be, or potential clients, can be nervous about personal training. They're scared uh, for a lot of different reasons, and we don't need to go into all those reasons. But the idea is it may not be comfortable for them to come talk to someone right away. So giving them this opportunity to kind of research and come up with a conclusion or come up with a, you know, I think one of these two or three trainers might be best for me. Then they go to talk to someone, maybe the manager or, or someone else to get a little bit more guidance. But the idea is it gives them a way to get to know you and what your area of expertise is. So even if, even if it's not a direct flyer promoting a specific event of yours, it's something that is up there that gives some information about you. Now, you may work in a gym that doesn't allow that, that uh, allow um, flyers. You know, you may not be able to just flyer up a seminar uh, where you work and, and just put on a seminar. It may be a, a bigger corporate gym that you work for that have policies um, against that. Um, that would be tough. That's frustrating, of course. But at the same time, we can still work with that. So what you can do is... Uh, do things, do marketing things for yourself like a podcast, uh, like a YouTube channel, um, your Instagram, uh, something like that. You know, again, we've talked about use, utilizing the social media for a specific purpose. And one of those specific purposes is to market yourself, right? Not just to 
show off your clients, I mean, that is marketing, but a way for people to get to know you as well. And so if you have articles written or if you use Instagram TV to do like a little mini vlog, um, you know, as opposed to setting up a whole YouTube channel, you know, whatever it is that you do, um, you want to put it out there in a, in a way that people can see it. So, you know, you can walk around and tell people about your, you know, your Instagram. So if you're talking to someone, hey, if you're ever, you know, wanting to get more information about this, I did a podcast on this or I did a, a little Instagram post about this a couple weeks ago. Go check it out. Here's my Instagram. That way, you know, when you're walking around your gym and you're talking to potential clients, you have somewhere to direct them where they can go, again, do a little more research on their own so it's a little bit more comfortable for them. It doesn't feel like a sales pitch from you, but you're still giving them the information that they want. And then they'll come back, right? They'll follow up. They'll ask you questions. Again, we need to touch base with them several times before they probably plunk down their money, but that's okay. That's part of the job. Um... So I go back to, I, I said a little foreshadowing, a little segue earlier, talking about quality. So we want good microphone quality. We want good video quality. Um, there have been some, you know, I, I wouldn't call them studies. There's just been some, uh, you know, field research, if you will, done. And, you know, what do people respond best to? In other words, if you could have a really flashy, catchy looking YouTube video or podcast that sounds great versus something that's hard to hear, um, not the best audio, not the best video, it's grainy, it, you know, audio is terrible. Those things do affect if people are really going to hear it. A, they're going to be so concerned with the, the bad quality, they may not hear your message. Even if they watch all the way through, more often than not, they probably won't watch all the way through. So spending the time to make sure the audio sounds good or video looks good that's why we got a new camera um, the iPhone does well and it wasn't terrible resolution but we wanted it to be better we wanted it to be the best we could be do with our budget so we got a camera that's within our budget and we're gonna make the best of that until we can upgrade from here now the audio quality on the podcast you guys have seen me wrestle with that I have a lot of recording equipment but the microphones are set up a little bit different uh, more for guitar, condenser mics, for, for miking other things. Um, but at the same time, I've tried to come up with a good sound. Um, the only deviation I do from that is when I do my mobile episodes, um, which, again, are loud and noisy in the background, and some people may not listen to those and may not like those. I still will do the mobile episodes only because uh, I, just, I have so much fun doing them. It helps me pass the time, but it's a great way... Uh, for me to get a lot of content out, um, oh, you know, get it down on tape uh, and then go back and sift through it. So um, those are just a lot of things to think about in terms of getting your, uh, your name out there. So getting noticed. Um, some other things you can do to get yourself noticed, to set yourself apart in your own gym is coming up with, again, it may not be a full-on uh, seminar, it could be some some kind of program where you're going to do, um, you know, a, a two-minute demo, or you're going to do like a, a five-minute, you know, squat form check or something like that. So you might say, hey, at 6 p.m. on Monday night, I'm going to be on the floor checking squat form. 
and so that way they get a personal trainer that's going to come watch them and you're going to get a lot of people hey come check this so so you get them in there you can give like a little brief spiel about how to set up for the squat and then watch people squat and check their form it takes five ten minutes i mean it's a quick simple little idea but it it puts you out there in the expert you know arena but it also puts you out there uh, in terms of just getting in front of people and they can see how you can coach and they can see your knowledge. Now, this is a little scary. So I mentioned, you know, the flyer's easy. This, this is a little scarier because now you're putting yourself out there. And, and let me go, let me use the why as an example. Um, <clears throat> the why I was at had a lot of really good lifters, a lot of very strong uh, power lifter types uh, that were in what we called the loud room. Uh, I don't know if they still call it that now. I don't know if they've changed. I know they've changed some equipment in there. I've seen some pictures. But the loud room was a space where when I got there, a lot of big, strong guys would go and lift. And it was intimidating for other people to go in there. It was also intimidating for some trainers to go in there who couldn't squat the kind of weight that some of these lifters were lifting. Right? So you wouldn't you might feel uncomfortable going into a space like that offering squat form. Now, no, those people may not be the ones asking. It'll be other people, but those other people might see you teaching these other people squat form uh, and you are maybe self-conscious about it in front of others. Well, two things. One, if you, if you really are self-conscious because you don't know how to do it, don't do a seminar or a little demo on something you don't know how to do. Clearly, that's not a good idea. Um, but if you are confident that you know how to do a squat, teach a squat, correct a squat, or any lift for that matter, it doesn't have to be squat, that's just this example, um, just remember that you are an expert. Even if there are other people that have been lifting for, for more years than you've been alive and can squat five, 600 pounds and you cannot, that doesn't mean you can't teach the squat, right? And you always have to remember that no matter who is out there, you are the one that have studied this. You are the one that have either a certification, a degree, or both, or maybe experience as an athlete yourself, a lifter yourself. You've got the experience more than most of the people that are in the gym. So you are, in effect, you are the expert. And so be confident in what you do and when you go out there. And if people try to challenge you, you can either pull them aside later and, and, and talk differences, uh, but at the same time, don't be afraid to put it out there. Most of the time, uh, those individuals who you think are going to judge you or who you think are maybe more accomplished lifters than you, and so who are you to give advice? Well, you are the trainer working at that gym, so you are definitely qualified to do that. And most people are going to respect that. Most people will respect that. Um, I could go on and tell you a couple stories about uh, that happening at the Y and you know how that transpired, some... So you know, when people try to challenge me or try to challenge some of my trainers and how it always backfired on them because most of the other people will rally behind you and say, hey, this person knows what they're talking about. You know, you need to be quiet. <laughs> you need to, you know, let them be. But the point is you can get out there and do little things like that. You, you, you could even do something uh, as simple as uh, putting out like a little... Uh, 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 not a video, like a, I'm trying to think, like, like a uh, a demo on, uh, I, why can't I think, on a video board, man, I could not think. Um, one of the things we did at the Y um, that I picked up when I was working at Next Level is that they would post 
uh, videos of a workout for you know a week or so so they'd have like a strength workout like a sample workout that you might put together that they put on loop they filmed themselves doing it or they filmed someone doing the working out and then they put it up there for people to watch um, and so it gave a sense of how to put together a routine and it kind of talked about or you know it just was a here's a workout to follow you squat do five sets of five here then you're gonna follow it up with some lunges or what. But anyways, they, they put the exercises together with some videos and they played it on a you know a TV that just you know looped it through. And that was very effective because it got a lot of people looking into it, a lot of people seeing, again, your face. That's another way they see your face and see what you're doing. And again, I know a lot of times gyms don't allow this. So rather than try to go into every potential scenario, um, what I want you guys to do is, is hit me back with some ideas or some questions. Like, Pete, I work at so-and-so gym and we're not allowed to do a video like that. We're not allowed to put up flyers, individual flyers for ourselves. I'm not allowed to do demos. What can I do? Again, you go back to your own YouTube page, your own Instagram page and, and getting people there, investing in really good quality uh, microphone and or camera when you can uh, to help with that. Uh, there are free editing software. There is free editing software uh, available. So even if you have something recorded on an iPhone, you can usually filter it, put some audio um, uh, condensing on there to make it sound a little better. Uh, so there's things you can do for free uh, with even if you're just recording on your on your smartphone. Um, lastly, I, I think the biggest thing you can do. And this is, this is going on a little bit of a rant. I'm only going to spend a minute or two on this because I'm already over my 20-minute mark that I want to stay around. Do not do any gimmicky stuff. Okay? And what I mean by that is people are going to see through that. People are going to see, like, if you're... We talked about in the last, in, in, in part one, the, the tendency for people to want to... Um, uh, follow all the trends, be the, the end-all be-all and do everything that everyone's doing because they don't want to feel like they're left out or they don't want to feel like uh, other people are going to judge them. Oh, well, this person's doing this. How come you're not, right? So we don't want to miss out on that. We don't want to be the one that looks like they don't know what they're doing. What I'm saying is that usually over time does not age well. And again, this is coming from my experience. I've just been in this business a long time, and I can tell you, I have seen fads come and go. Things were all the rage, and if you weren't doing this, you'd have. I'd always have clients. Why am I not doing this? How come I didn't do this? How come you don't have me doing this? And I could always explain why. And even if it didn't satisfy them right then, over time that fad would fade out, and they would come back to doing what we were doing in the beginning. And I can't tell you how many times that has happened in my career, where people. I've even had clients leave and go work with another trainer, go work somewhere else, and then come back when they realize, okay, that wasn't all it was cracked up to be, right? And now sometimes change is good. Sometimes there are, quote, fads that start out as fads but are legit, um, you know, and a legit addition to your repertoire. So you cannot ignore those, right? You have to be selective and you have to be, you know, smart about what you choose to promote. But... I saw something, and I'm going to do a whole another podcast uh, on this either later today or, or, or later this week. I mean, 
is is these ads that we keep seeing and I've done many podcasts about this but the there's one that just admitted that it's all a game and I, I took a little screenshot of where they said that because there was some closed captioning but they admit that some of what they're doing what they're trying to sell is just a game to get people in and just about making money and there's a lot of stuff like that in the fitness world and I'm telling you right now that will not last you may be able to do one or two rounds of this and make uh, a buck or two here and there but it will not last it will not provide longevity because quality always always wins when it comes to training you've got to get results and I'm going to tell you in this next podcast, part three of, of things to avoid, why they won't work. All right, I'll do part three later this week, and I will see you then.